Like I say, Maz, if you, if you want to start with the lawyers for Tim and we're going to an embargo section then. Thank you. Might start with a couple of quick ones, lads. Okay. Tim, how are you, Paul from Virgin? All our things, you well. Good, thanks. Tim, you're replacing a man who led the team to FAI Cup success uh, last year. How do you view the challenge? Are you daunted by it or do you relish it? No, I've been looking for this opportunity for, um, since I got a managerial position, so full-time is where I wanted to be. And um, I'm coming into a job when the, when the team are on a, on an upward curve, um, really good season last year, and I'm looking just to, to add to that and try and bring it on more. Have you been told by the owners to reach a certain target? No, no, the chairman's been very supportive. Um, and obviously, we want to close the gap to, to what was last season. They finished second, and we try and get as close to the top of the league as we can as possible, but there's been no uh, targets or pressure or that put on. Yeah, does the signing of own help you? potentially realise that 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 target of, of closing the gap to the, to the top team? Yeah, listen, we've recruited a, a few players. Owens, uh, as he spoke there, is listening in on, on his call and he was saying he was what he brings to the to the table and the other side of it is uh, the professionalism and, and the goals that he obviously scores is what everyone sees. But um, I think he touched on it a little bit and it's probably the most uh, praise you can ever give a player. But I think Owens maximised uh, his ability and his... Um, the career he's had is it's probably the best that he could have had and I think that's probably the best thing you can say about any player and um, you bring that back here and it's quite a young squad of Pats and hopefully the young lads take heed of what, what needs to go into place to get to where they want to go Just finally for me then do you see yourselves as title contenders? Listen we're going to go in and try and do better than what we did last year and it's up to um, a number of teams to try and close the gap on Shamrock Rovers next year and we'll certainly be one of them and we'll give it the best shot we can Thanks, Tim. Best of luck for the year. Cheers, Paul. Cheers. Thanks, Paul. So we we'll go Dave Snay, then Kieran Burke, please. Tim, how are you? <coughs> how are things, Dave? You well? Yeah, very well, very well. Um, just it, it was touched on a little bit there, but just in the manner of how things moved after the cup final, with say Stephen leaving and, and then you coming in and everything that was happening around the club, is that something that you have to broach with the players? At just as you say, come in. Like how how has it been for you the last few weeks? Grand, I'm only focusing on next season. I'm not here talking about last year, or um, we're not touching on what happened previously. Um, it's an opportunity for myself. Big John's come in as well with loads of experience, and we'll do things our, our way and different to what it was beforehand. But um, it's certainly um, really exciting for us, and we're building a squad to try and be successful this season. And you already you said it yourself there as well about the opportunity of, of full time football, and then for you. As a coach, obviously, you would have been getting plaudits for what you were doing at Drogheda. Do you think of the ceiling you can reach now where you have your your sole focus on football and not having to worry about outside influences? Yeah, well, all I've ever been involved in is football since I was 18. Um, it's been my profession for nearly 20 years now. So, um, obviously, when I was at Drogheda, it was part-time and it was in the evening. So, I, I went and I worked, I suppose, what people would say it was a normal job as well. But that was only a two-year period, so... All my adult life since I left school has been uh, professional football and getting back into um, full-time football in the mornings again. I've not had it since I was at Sligo, maybe six years ago or so. Um, it's what I focused on and, and that's sort of where I wanted to be. And now I've got that opportunity, I'm certainly going to um, uh, make the most of it. Owen was mentioning earlier that he's going to have to stop uh, roaring back at you now that you're his uh, manager. Like, but that dynamic... Between the two, as I was already mentioned earlier too, about obviously the fact that you would have it, you'd be close mates, but is that going to be something that you have to kind of manage a little bit differently, or how does that work? I've had it as well. I played with Huey Douglas, I played with Chris Lyons, um, and a few players at Drogheda that was in a similar 
situation where I'd, I'd speak to them um, away from football and would have been friends with them and, and then it became um, players under me like and it didn't really affect any relationship there it's, it's I don't think there's uh, the days of a manager being the scary lad that you can't approach and all I think them days are gone um, man management is is goes on in every walk of life whether it be manager and employee or friends themselves or parents and children it's just uh, relationships and how you speak to people and uh, once there's respect there either way it doesn't really matter and um, what the the heading is between people if, if if you know what I mean and it's just finally for me is that that, that that point of man management and the whole thing of managers don't have to be that maybe isolated figure who players don't feel as if they can approach and all but is that maybe what you see as your, one of your main strengths then in building those relationships with lads I just like to be honest. I try to be uh, as honest as I can with the players and as helpful as I can. And um, last season, off the back of part-time football, Killian Phillips got the Crystal Palace. Um, Dan O'Reilly went to Hamilton. Jimmy Brown got the Blackburn. So I see that as myself. Um, as a part of my job is to try and help and develop players and do the best I can for them. And the reward you get for that is when they do really well, the team does well. So um, it's sort of beneficial to everyone that you have a, a good relationship between all the staff and all the and all the players and everyone pulling in the same direction. It, it sort of benefits everyone. That's spot on. Thanks very much. Cheers, David. Kieran Burke, please. Thanks, Dave. Hi, Tim. Hope you're well. Kieran, how are things? You well? Too bad. Uh, you just mentioned the lads there from Drotted, actually. They've gone across to the UK in recent weeks, and there could be a few more to go yet as well. Um, do you think that's testament to the job you've done there overall, the squad you built, and do you take good pride in, in seeing those lads go across now and, and further their careers? Um, listen, it's great to see uh, young lads do well and um, I sat down with, with a lot of them this time last year and I said, just give us one more year in the Premier Division because there was a lot of interest from clubs within the within inside the League of Ireland last year and um, everything that we sat down and spoke about sort of come to fruition in regards to opportunities they've gotten and um, it's good. It's good when that does happen because it's not just hot air you're shouting and telling people about and you're promising this, that, and the other, and it doesn't come come uh, through. But the fact that the lads have got their moves off the back of um, the season we had a drop the last year was, was brilliant for them. And obviously, subsequently, it's it's been beneficial to myself as well that we had a good season and I've been given the, um, a brilliant opportunity in, in, in managing Pats. With that in mind, uh, those important players leaving Drotted, did it feel like the right time to move on and, and take on the challenge of working in a, a full-time environment? Yeah, listen, I haven't hidden the the ambitions that I have in regards to getting into full-time football again. And um, I absolutely loved it at Drogheda uh, for the four years I was there and had a brilliant relationship with um, the chairman, uh, the previous chairman, Dermot McKenna as well, was someone that I worked very close with at the club. And um, to have his advice and him on the end of the phone for four years was hugely beneficial to me. And then we had a, a brilliant set of players, myself and Kevin, Sean Brennan last year had. And, um, it was a brilliant season that we did have and it, it was quite sad actually the, because it went very quickly uh, in the end and as soon as the, the Pats interest came it, listen, it wasn't one that was going to ever turn down but um, it was it was sad to leave Drogheda but listen I'm, I'm really really um, excited and grateful to be getting the opportunity to manage uh, St Pats A lot of people probably assumed that uh, Kevin would come with you as your number two was that a discussion that was had or was it always clear early on that he wanted to get back into being a manager himself? Me and Kev would have spoken about this quite a lot over the last few years and um, Kev obviously has a career, he's been in the post office for 17 years or so I think so it's not something that you walk away from lightly either um, 
and then the fact we sat down and I asked them why did he do the pro license and we started just talking about it and I says it's because you want to manage again he goes I think I might want to so I think that opportunity when it did come up um, he's obviously been been delighted to get to get the opportunity at Trahada and um, he's brought Darry in with him as well and they put a good squad together so having had the four years with Kev um, it was brilliant to see him getting that opportunity as well as, as, as a manager um, we're obviously at the stage now where pre-season friendlies and that are, are, are being announced. I'm just wondering, have clubs been told by, from the FAI to prepare for any possible restrictions or anything given the climate we're in at the moment? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Not that I'm aware of so far. Grand. Uh, look, finally, your squad is well filled out now uh, midfield. You've got two, two good attackers there. The back four looks fairly well set as well. I suppose the only position where you might still be searching is, is for a goalkeeper. How is that coming along and um, we mentioned some of the players that might go across to the UK. I think Adamuso is on trial over there at the minute. If, if that was to fall through, I'm sure he'd be a player on your radar. Um, yeah, listen, the, the situation with the, with the goalkeeping position is um, obviously Vitz, Yardos was in the ask last year and was an exceptional um, loan for Pats. And there's other options. I know PJ has done great work in the background for the last year and um, relationship he struck up over in the UK. and. There's options there. Um, we've another lad coming in tomorrow that'll be training with us and, and playing games. So there is there is going to be options again. The season doesn't kick off for another four weeks or so, and it's it's uh, we're conscious now that we're going into the preseason games that we're going to get that position sorted. And, and listen, we're hoping to have a few more um, added to the squad in the next uh, week or so. Well, thanks, Tim. Best luck this season. Cheers, Kieran. Thanks. Okay, guys, so we'll move to the embargo now for the, the newspaper, lads. So, again, we, we'll, we'll roll till three o'clock, so we'll be about 15 minutes or so. So, whoever wants to kick us off, Neil, go ahead, please. Hi, Tim, how are you? Neil, how are things? You well? Glad yourself? Not too bad. Just a couple of, you spoke of the desire to get back into full-time football. I'm just wondering, was there, was there any kind of hes hesitancy at the same time? Because, you know, it, it can be a precarious industry and rewards in Ireland aren't necessarily great and, the family to look after, you know, there must be a certain element of weighing up that risk. Um, yeah, listen, as I said, there, it's, it's the industry I've been in since I was 18. Still left school, went straight over to uh, London to Millwall. So, um, I, I know what football's like, I know it's in the industry that it is. It's it's it could be longevity, is, is very rare in it these days, but I suppose I had a bit of longevity at Drogheda and um. Not saying that I was comfortable there, but it was sort of there was less pressure probably than there will be in other jobs. And um, but I think that's why you go into management and you go into playing is to get to the highest level that you possibly can. And um, I see this opportunity at Pats has given me uh, a chance to, to see how well I can go. And um, it's something that you have to you have to back yourself and take these chances when they come along. Thanks, Neil. So Dan Mack and then Paul O'Hare, please. Hey Tim, how are things? Dan, how are things? You well? Yeah, good. Um, can I just ask about John Daly, like your sort of relationship with him, where that stems from and how, I know he'd been working in Finland, I think, like how, how did that come together, I suppose, as a, as a partnership? Um, listen, Dan, I would have known um, John from playing against him in Scotland for, for years. And uh, again, similar to what Owen said there, when, when you come across other Irish fellas in, even opposition teams, you, you sort of, there's an acknowledgement there and how, how are things because you're sort of going through the same um, experiences being away from home or whatever else. And, um, and then I've done the A licence with John uh, for a year and a half, maybe back in 2015 to 17, I think it was. And we partnered up quite a lot in a lot of the coursework 
for the for the year and a half they were on the course and just getting conversations and speaking all the time and seeing how he'd do things. And then I followed his career in regards to when he was at Hearts and then stepping up to the um, first team role that he had at Hearts and even getting the interim job. And I remember messaging him before he got that. And I said, listen, if you do well here, this could be your gig. And um, similar likewise that he was messaging me when, when I got the draw of the job and we sort of followed each other's career path. And it was just one of them ones that uh, it's probably been a bit unfortunate that the pro license um, that I'm currently on, we've had eight blocks, I think it was, and seven of them have been online. And we've missed that interaction with the other colleagues on the course. And it just happened to be from the, from the um, two years that we spent doing the A license and getting to know each other that it was always something in my head that if we ever got a position where he could sort of come in as a full-time role, that um, John would be uh, up the top of the list for someone I'd like to work with. Could I just ask in terms of maybe the, the transfer market and how different it is going into it as a past manager, maybe with all due respect to Drada, I think you might have spoken before, like trying to bring in players like Yaros or someone on loan, like you're not going to be able to probably do that in Drada if it's more of a, you know, a part-time setup. Is it different now with Pats? And is that something you're actively looking at, you know, for the for the rest of the window to, to see what you can do from the UK, be it loan or permanent or whatever? Yeah, that's, that's it's it. Like, uh, there's steps to every ladder of every sort of um, level of football. And uh, Drogheda, we were sort of playing second fiddle to all the Dublin clubs, more or less. Um, and then Dundalk as well. And, you're looking to recruit players from commuting distance because you don't have accommodation and um, obviously wages aren't going to be as uh, lucrative a draw as they were other places. So the fact that we were able to put squads together for the last four years and see development each year and progression was um, was down to myself and Kev sort of making targets and, and getting the right recruitment in that we were able to progress. And it's the one thing, listen, obviously come with the Pats, they have a lot better... Uh, uh, set up in regards to approaching clubs in the UK they have accommodation there's full-time football there's European football this season as well so it's a different conversation a different um, a different sort of maybe market you're, you're looking into to, to approach players and, and get the right ones in and it just broadens the net that you can maybe get a couple more that you wouldn't have been able to get at a, at a part-time team like Trotter Finally do you know where you stand on, on Matty Smith yet is he the one you're sort of waiting on from, from last year yeah, listen again. There's there's other there's other uh, the way the players were and um, the situation that, that they found themselves in the end of last season. Um, I know Lee Desmond had the option of America and probably looked at it and said he's won the cup of Pats. Uh, it's something that he's looking to do for the last six seven years, and he might have thought, listen, it's a great time to move now. So um, you understand that with players that they're always going to have a look elsewhere, and um, particularly players that aren't from this country. Um, they look, they come over, do well, and they might say, right, I'll see what's out there. But again, I've spoken to Maddie, um, and we've made Maddie an offer, and it's something that um, you sort of have to give the players time. And but in the meantime, also, we've got to look at other targets as well. And um, that's sort of where it's at at the minute, Dan. All right. Cheers, Dan. See you. No worries, Dan. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Paulo, where are you? Do you want to go? Yeah, sorry. How are you, Tim? You well? Paul, how are you? You well? But thanks. Just one, just one for me. I know they're not your players anymore, but um, just a word on on Jimmy Brown and and Killian getting their moves away and what sort of opportunity that is for them, or was there any scope for you to sign James, bring him to Pats, or? Uh, listen, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy had an offer from Pats when I was still the Drogheda manager, so there was something. Um, Stevie had obviously put an offer to James, so which I was aware of anyway. 
Um, and again, it's, it's one of them ones that when you're at a part-time team, um, if another club come in for um, better opportunity in regards to full-time football and whether it be wages or whatever else that's, that's improved, it's something that you can't stand in the way. And obviously then when I got the Pats job, I rang Jimmy and said, listen, I'd be interested in taking you here and all the offer that was on the table. It's obviously still there. And uh, Jimmy, I don't think he's ever been away before. So um, when the opportunity to go to Blackburn came up, uh, it was a huge opportunity. He went over, he seen the training ground. He, he trained for a week and uh, he got offered a contract. So um, I went from then, when from, from the second that he, he decided he was going to Blackburn. Um, it wasn't like trying to sign him. I just want to give him the best advice that I possibly can from my background and my playing career and trying to help him. And um, it's brilliant to see him get that opportunity. And, and likewise with Killian. Um, I sat down with Killian and his mum and the chairman uh, in the summer and we gave him a new contract and sort of spelt out what we wanted and the path that we think he could go down. And listen, six months later, it's after happening for him. And um, again, it's good to, to be able to see it come uh, come true where the, the the talk that we gave in the summer wasn't just trying to talk to him and get him to sign a new contract it was actually stuff that we believed in and and he's worked very hard and got himself a, a, a two and a half year deal less um palace good stuff thanks Jim. cheers paul cheers paul so we'll go quinner next lads we have about five more minutes uh quinner do you want to go uh thanks jimmy uh thanks tim uh, for your time no what qualities does Owen Doyle possess as a centre forward? He's very sharp. Um, he's very, very sharp. And he's got this awful habit of every time he's in the box, the ball's near him. Um, I don't know how every striker, like ones that scores goals constantly, they just all seem to be in the right place. And um, it's it's something that Owen, he just sniffs out chances. He's, he's really hungry to score goals. And um, he's also, as I, as I said previously, I said that he's, he's one that, people should look at in regards to um, maximising um, the career that they're going to have. And um, I was actually funny if I was speaking to Owen about this the other day and I said it about Connor Salmon as well. Um, the career that Connor had, it's it's testament to his work rate and his application and everything else. Um, I played with Connor when he got his move to the Premier League in England and it's just, it's brilliant to see the people that work hard and put the put the effort in, get rewarded. And I suppose that's what they say, that the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, I don't see it as luck. I think it's well-deserved for, for the careers that they've had and it's down to their own willpower and the professionalism. And finally, from me to him, I know you don't pick the Irish team, but you know the point I made on earlier, when you see Ogbeni and Curtis and Will Keane getting a chance under Stephen Kenny, you know, I mean, he's been a bit unlucky time-wise. I know maybe he himself played his own thoughts down about getting an Irish cap, but he must have been a bit unlucky, do you feel? I thought you might be listening to us the other morning because I had this exact conversation with him in training on Tuesday, I think it was. Um, funny how I said that. I said he's, he's unlucky not to be capped. Um, but then he did. He pointed out, he said, the players that were still actively playing when when he was sort of in his best form, maybe five, six years ago, whatever it was. Um, what I do is, I still do, I wouldn't name anyone, but you look at some people that have got caps and you say to yourself, uh, scoring 150 goals in the UK, um, certainly would would warrant you getting a cap or two or even brought into a few squads and he probably is unlucky but no one owned um if something like that ever came along it'd be the, the biggest privilege ever and he wouldn't think he's uh the country owed him a cap just because he scored a few goals so um i think he's very content with what he's done in his football career